one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Plus Plus is your one-stop shop for the latest, the greatest plus-size fashion with a huge selection of vintage, gently worn, and brand new pieces from Plus Size's foremost indie and mainstream designers. Plus, they take their fashion offline. Try on brands you've dreamed of but never committed to. If you're in LA, stop by their store for positive feedback, style advice, and expert opinions. You can also check out their Poshmark if you're not in LA. One other major detail, you can exchange gently used in-season and on-trend plus-size clothing for store credit. Help your wallet, help your closet, and help the earth. The Plus Bus is the plus-size destination for those looking for sustainable options in sizes 12 to 28, online or in-person in LA. Mention SAF for 10% off your new look. Today's episode is sponsored by Eleven Honoré, a platform for designer plus-size clothing. Eleven Honoré works with designers and brands to expand their sizing, providing fit models and pattern makers to designers in a true partnership. They currently offer sizes 10 to 24, and they're constantly pushing the designers they work with to continue expanding. It's a process that they're committed to. Eleven Honoré wants to rewrite society's ideas of who can wear and buy designer clothing. As the founder and CEO, Patrick Herning, says, this is a movement, not a moment. At Eleven Honoré, you can be confident in finding pieces that are special because of their fit and quality, and you can use quad pay if you want to pay for items over time. She's All Fat listeners can get 20% off one order of regular price items from now through July. Visit 11honore.com and use code SAF20. That's 11honore.com, SAF20. I'm Sophie. I'm April. And this is She's All Fat, the podcast for body positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. This week, we'll discuss balancing friendship, tiny girls, and being tall. I'll talk to Lindsay of hashtag sorry Lindsay and Ann freaking Friedman of Call Your Girlfriend, one of our pod moms. April, what do you have to say about yourself? I'm not a math and analytically minded person. I'm an artist. Okay. April, hit us with those obsessions, my favorite girl. What's up, everybody? DJ A. Prizzle is back. <laughs> so sorry. Um, side note, I did go by A. Prizzle for like, you know, fall of 2003 to spring of 2004, just so you know that information about me. So what's up? I'm back. Uh, if you hear any screams, I'm about to leave my house and I do live across the street from an elementary school and the children are screaming. Okay. So here are my obsessions for the week. Number one, jumping into Game of Thrones with absolutely no context. Okay. So here's an update. I, in the past, have definitely been one of those people that's sort of haughtily like, 
I don't watch what everyone else watches. While you sheeple are watching Game of Thrones, I'm watching The Golden Girls on Hulu for the 14th time. Like, I definitely had that face. But now I'm like, you know what? Everyone seems like they're having fun. I want to have fun too, especially in this political climate. I want to have a good time. My sister is obsessed with Game of Thrones. We're roommates, obviously. So I'm just like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to jump in eight seasons late with absolutely no context. And we're about to do, we're going to make it do what it do. You know what I mean? So my sister, thankfully, is very patient. And she basically sat down and explained to me like every plot line she could remember from the past eight seasons of this freaking show. So genuinely, when after she explained that when I watch an episode, I like 75% got what was going on. It was incredible. So I would recommend if you've never watched it and you thought you were above it, I recommend getting over yourself and just watching a couple episodes because it's honestly not that big of a deal. It is fun. Life is short. You want to at least say you saw one episode of Game of Thrones while you were alive, don't you? I do, for sure. So last night was the Battle of Winterfell and from what I gathered, it was very good and very bad. I don't know, no spoilers, but my head was blown. Head blown emoji here. Okay. Obsession number two, stumbling upon a new restaurant. Okay, so I am somebody who is constantly yelping. My sister's birthday uh, recently just passed, and that was the day when the Battle of Winterfell, is that what it's called? Battle of Winterfell episode premiered. So literally, we, it was in the heart of West Hollywood. We went to this restaurant. No one was there. And it was just kind of like, okay. She had picked this restaurant. She really wanted to go. But honestly, it's kind of eerie to be the only person in a restaurant, especially when you're black, because it's going to be like, they're already going to be hovering over you because they don't trust that you're going to pay your bill. But when you're the only person here, they're like turbo hovering. So we're like, you know what? This is weird. This is like too, the, the vibe is off. We got to go. So now we're like, oh shit, we haven't, we haven't researched a place. I don't have my like Yelp saves organized for this occasion. What are we going to do? So we just walked down the street and we found a restaurant that looked good and we just walked in and it was bomb. Like literally, <laughs> I, I hate when people go on and on about how millennials are so stunted by their phones and blah, blah, blah. That said, I, when is the last time that I've just wandered into a restaurant and been like, that looks cool and just sat down and took a risk? Like I really don't do that anymore when I could be like, oh, actually, well, I read on Eaterella that you know the chef is really experimenting with fusion like I'm doing why am I doing that why am I only doing that like I could do that sometimes and I could also just stumble so I would encourage you if you fall into the Yelp hold like I do and you're a frequent Yelper and you have lots of Yelp points from leaving lots of detailed reviews but you don't actually just look for hole-in-the-wall places anymore maybe look for a hole-in-the-wall place we wandered into this random Thai place in West Hollywood it was freaking bomb I had the best pad Thai I've had in a very long time it was freaking delicious and I never would have had that because no they never would have popped up in my Yelp it wasn't fancy there was no decor and it was popping in there and it was delicious so I'm obsessed with just walking into a place (laughs) foreign concept I know let's take it back to the 90s and just walk to restaurants okay final obsession of the week uh the trend this season for me has been being obsessed with things that everyone was obsessed with in like the year 1997 so this week i'm obsessed with sudoku okay so i never tried sudoku because all the kids that used to do it like growing up my association with sudoku was like the harry potter kids which you all know i didn't relate to and just like the kids who thought they were like better than everybody like they're like during recess i'm gonna play sudoku because i like to know that my brain is working and just like stupid shit like that like i like exercising my brain i was always just like get over yourself so i never even attempted to do sudoku because i was like sudoku is for assholes like in my head i know it's not true but like this is a decision i made when i was eight and i kind of just stuck with it so 
I live in a black neighborhood, which means that there are near constant block parties. Like almost every weekend, there's a block party. So a couple weeks ago, there was a block party and the theme was like self-care slash there's no pressure to talk to anybody. So we sat down at a table um, and I found this Sudoku book and I was like, what is this? But once I got the hang of it and once I got over the frustration of like constantly having to erase every number... I was like, wait, this is fun, actually. It's it's kind of, you know, you just need to know just nine numbers, which I can handle knowing nine numbers, and just have a little patience. And it was nice. It's the kind of thing I've talked about before, which is I'm somebody who does well with an activity that I can kind of shut my mind off. And you need a little bit of your brain because this is like, you know, kind of mathematical, but it's not like having to use my whole head like for any other sort of critical thinking I do in the week. So ever since I did the workbook, then I got a Sudoku app and now I'm one of those people who does Sudoku. Like catch me on a Spirit Airlines flight in row 28 doing Sudoku on my phone living my best life because that's about to be me. Like, I'm out here. So um, if you, too, uh, banish Sudoku from your mind for a, an arbitrary reason in the year 2000, I would encourage you to circle back. I don't know. It's kind of cool. I'm open to it. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> and with that, take it away, Soph. I, <laughs> I love how many of April's obsessions this season have just been. <laughs> Like, I thought I was too good for this thing, but actually I like this thing. Like, welcome to growth, April. Welcome to 20... How are you now? 25? 26? Um, my obsessions are uh, number one. I finished all of the episodes that are currently available, available of Criminal Minds. I watch it in the background a lot. My favorite episode that I always recommend people to watch is the one with Jason Alexander wearing a wig with a terrible accent as the villain. It's incredible. But... I like to have a show on in the background, like when I'm eating or like doing some housework in the kitchen or whatever. And I prefer this to be something I don't have to pay like close attention to. Like, so two shows that I thought were going to fall into this, but are actually incredible that I actually really enjoyed. Number one, they're both on Netflix. It's this one called, I think it's called My Tattoo Obsession. It's set in uh, England, and they follow people who are getting specific tattoos. Some of them are ridiculous and like really wild, and some of them are very heartwarming, and it's just very enjoyable. My favorite, there's like this segment in every episode where they go to like, it's just like this small town in Spain or something that people go to from England when they want to like get drunk and get crazy. So it's a lot of like 19, 20 year olds, it seems like, and then they all get drunk and get tattoos. And so it's a lot of them being idiots. And then there's in the first episode, there's this one person who gets drunk and then, you know, I feel like it's illegal in the States to tattoo people when they seem visibly drunk. I know that that probably doesn't stop a lot of places, but this girl's like very visibly drunk. She's like, this is the best idea ever. She gets Waldo, like of where's Waldo, except she calls him Wally tattooed behind her ear so that she can, (laughs) when people say, where is Waldo? She can always say he's here, which I don't know how (laughs) much that comes up in a everyday conversation, but then they're filming her the night of this. She's getting this done. And she's like, I'm definitely not going to regret this. Like, this is the best decision I've ever made. And then it smash cut to the next morning. She's sitting outside and she's like, oh yeah, I definitely regret this. That was the funniest moment. There's like also this guy who like, he seems like a very tough guy, but he gets a tattoo for his dog that passed away that he loves. Like, it's just, you know, it's just a reality show slice of life. Little weirdos. I like it. 
Um, also, uh, Nina, hashtag Velveeta for Nina and I, we're the ones who share criminal minds. Lindsay hates criminal minds and, well, she doesn't hate it, but she prefers like good quote unquote television. But Nina and I are the ones who like this kind of trashy stuff. And we were trying to watch some of the wedding genre of reality shows on Netflix. We found this one called Ch- Cheapest Weddings, I think. Um, it's incredible. It's just these couples trying to do their wedding on a budget in Australia. And some of them are like very heartwarming because the whole community will come in and help them out. And some of them are like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> like, It's just people being people, you know? Like there's this one wedding where they, they all get dressed up in Battlestar Galactica stuff. I just love little weird nerds. And <laughs> it's just fun. So those are my TV semi-recommendations. My other obsession for the week, you should invest in your good close friendships. I know I talk about Nina and Lindsay and April obviously a lot, but um, this week, so I have like IBS and a lot of other GI issues and Nina, she made me, <laughs> she called it a butt box and it literally has in it like, you know, different supplements and like fiber stuff and nice care, like self-care things for when my IBS is flaring and she put it in like this rainbow box and that was just very sweet. And made me feel very taken care of because sometimes having something like GI issues or IBS can make you feel like you don't want to talk about it. You know, it's like, well, no one wants to talk about poop or whatever. But like, that was just so nice. And it made me feel like my friends accept all of me, even my broken butt. So that's my other obsession for the week. Okay. Let's move on to our Apple podcast review. Shout outs. Thank y'all so much. We do send these back and forth in our <laughs> She's All Fat group chat to feel better about ourselves. So thank you so much to the following people um, who left us reviews. If you leave us a review in Apple Podcasts, you will get a shout out for your username here on the show. And one day we will get to new and noteworthy. I hope that... <laughs> that actually happens, then I can stop saying that. Okay. So thank you to the following people, Margot Pepper, Emilio Bedilio, LMOH, Jamie Moore, or Jemai Moore, Tori Sand, and Susa Girl. Thank y'all so much. I'd also like to give a big shout out to our patrons on our Patreon. Um, y'all know that we could not exist without you. Um, you keep the lights on here. Uh, thank you all so much for supporting us. We are an independent podcast and we've stayed that way because we care about having control over our content. And until we find a place that will let us have control over our content, we'll stay independent. And so until then, we, uh, we need y'all. So thank you so much to the following patrons. Whitney Catalano. Hi, Whitney. Whitney was a guest in our first episode of this season, if you remember. Alexandra Muscat. Ashley H. Eva Englert-Yesen. Carly Rollins. And Maeve. Thank y'all so much. Okay. Some news. We have two new interns. Welcome Freya Salander and Yelly Cruz. Freya is our fat, queer, Canadian, non-binary new friend. They love history. They love ticket to ride, beer, houseplants, bears, spreadsheets, which is great because I hate them, um, pasta, nature, crafts, and memes. Uh, Yelly describes herself as Venezuelan-Canadian, 
very gay and very, very into eating cake. She loves puppies, the color yellow, taking naps in her car before she goes into her therapist's office (laughs) and writing. Um, They're both incredible. Um, For transparency, they are both receiving a stipend for being our interns. And um, we're so excited to have them on the team. They're both very talented and very smart and very special. So we'll link the social posts that we did of them on our Instagram. So go give them some love. Here's a tip drive that really uh, made me crack up. Hey, April and Sophie, it's Hannah. Hopefully you're not still getting invasive questions, Sophie, but I wanted to share a tip jar for those who might still have questions that they would have liked to ask you, and that's join the Patreon Facebook group. There are so many people there from all walks of life, from different countries, with all different experiences, and there's always questions about health issues, family dynamics, anything you can really think of. The group is really, really welcoming, and Sophie and April and all the other moderators have made it a really, really safe place for you to ask any question and for people to really feel comfortable sharing their own experiences. I know that you guys plug the group every week, but I think for people that are looking to connect to someone and maybe saw something in Sophie that they wanted to connect with, they could really benefit from this group and finding people who are like them or who have similar issues. And if you can't afford the monthly fee, there's lots of generous people who've pledged scholarships for those in need. So I really think it's the perfect solution. If you have questions, join the Facebook group and there'll be people there who hopefully will be able to answer them. Thanks so much for everything you do, guys, and looking forward to meeting all the new people who are going to join. Um, you know, now it's time to mention the Facebook group. If you want to be in our Facebook group where people support each other, um, and just do lots of good work with each other and hang out and make meetup plans, you can go to patreon.com slash she's all fat pod and join our Patreon this week in the Facebook group. People are talking about mama Cass, an amazing fat, positive paperweight and loving photos of ourselves. Also, every week this season, our team I Love Bread, um, which is the level above Team Paisley Moo Moo, which is the Facebook group, um, Team I Love Bread gets an extra mini-sode. So this week, um, you're getting a mini-sode that's me and Lindsay telling stories about me from college. In case that's something you're interested in, I'm going to fully expose myself. Okay, stick around for the meat of it. I'm going to be interviewing the amazing Anne Friedman and my best friend, Lindsay Toyaval. The meat of it. So today's meat of it, we're talking about the intersection between being tall and being fat. And we are talking to Lindsay, hashtag sorry, Lindsay, my best friend. And we're talking to Ann Friedman, who um, is a mentor of mine and a friend and the one of the co-hosts of the Call Your Girlfriend podcast. Um, I really have been thinking about this episode since we started this season. I wanted to talk about having public bodies in a different way than I experience. And then we also have some voice memos at the end because both Lindsay and Anne are straight size and I wanted to include some voices of some fat and tall people. So here we go. Uh, A little intro to Lindsay. You can really hear a lot of like the love we have for each other in this interview. I thought it'd be fun to play this voicemail that I got from Lindsay a few days ago when I pick up the phone. Wow, second time today. Pick up the phone, you coward. 
And then this voicemail I got yesterday when I didn't pick up the phone. <laughs> pick up, you coward! That's what it's like over here. Let's get into my interview with Lindsay. We could just describe each other. Do you want to start? Sure. Okay. (laughs) Sophie is my best friend. She's a very good writer. She's really funny. Was born in Pasadena, (laughs) but she's from Arizona. And she really smart, smarter than me. That's not true. My mom has told me straight up she thinks you're smarter than me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your mom's really mean to you. (laughs) No, she's not. She's wonderful. That's really nice of your mom uh, on my behalf, but I don't think it's necessarily true. Um, Yeah, you're very sharp, like very warm, good at making people feel comfortable, really good at making new friends. Just just an all-around good girl. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, I'll try you. You're my best friend. We met freshman year of college. Cool. You're born and raised in Virginia. Your dad is a Samoan immigrant. Your mom is white from here, from Virginia also. from Virginia, yeah. She's a southern gal. You have a lot of siblings. You're the youngest girl. You grew up Mormon. You're no longer Mormon or no longer practicing. Yeah, I'm not practicing. But culturally... I've learned so much. <laughs> you're um, still learning every still day. Still learning. Um, you're an amazing singer. You're a very loyal friend. You're very smart and good at every word game or puzzle. You're very good at improv and comedy stuff. Very dependable and easy to bring into situations because you're good at chilling out. <laughs> and if something goes wrong, you don't like freak out. You just kind of go with the flow. Which is good because I always freak out. Yeah, we're good balance <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. And I would say you like, you're the person who gets my jokes the most. I, you're just a good <laughs> audience for my humor because we not only have a lot of shared reference, but like, I don't know, I think we find a lot of the same things very yeah. funny. Yeah, we're really good catchphrase yeah. partners. Yeah. We, uh, we are skeptical about the same things and people. What do you mean? Well, just like, we have our, like, shared language of, like, if we're at a party and someone's being annoying, we can just be, like, like look at each other and, yeah. you know, like, what we're saying. Yeah, we get annoyed by pretty much the same things. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we've learned and grown a lot from each other. That's true. I feel like we are very good at supporting each other and we're good at talking things out. I don't know. I think we make other people feel comfortable or people enjoy, like... I hope so. I think we have a good energy... For being inclusive, mm-hmm. but also, like, we have a good energy between us. Yeah, know? I think so, too. Okay, so let's talk about why we're here, which is, this is the Tall Girl, Fat Girl episode. Yes. And one of the reasons I thought about doing it was because of you, because we've talked in the past about, like, you're tall. How tall are you? I think I'm <laughs> I'm six feet tall, I think. I might be taller. Okay. Just slightly. And I'm, like, five five-ish. And so sometimes when we walk around, it's like a toss-up of who's going to get commented on. It's like someone might be like, you're tall. Someone might be like, you're fat. (laughs) It's a different energy. But the crossover in like standing out as like a more obvious body in the world. Yeah. And it's like complicated by like, you know, the fact that like I'm average height and white. 
So I like move without comment through a lot of spaces, Mm -hmm. but I'm fat. So that aspect of me doesn't. And you are tall and brown. And so those things sometimes get commented on. Yeah. The Venn diagram of people who are going to say, wow, you're so tall. And people who will say, where are you from? Mm Mm-hmm. Which, you know, for for every, like, ambiguously brown person, (laughs) where are you from is like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of overlap. Yeah. Well, I think that's just people who are, like, rude and comfortable commenting on what, on other people's bodies. Yeah. So you have this thing that I think a lot of people who feel, who are, like, have an obvious body and ways don't all, which is that you have, like, five sisters who all look... (laughs) very similar to you. (laughs) It is nice that there are five of me. How has like all of you being tall, like how do you feel like that's affected (laughs) you all? It's interesting. Uh, Growing up in Virginia, that's not the only thing that was different about us. Mm -hmm. You know, we're Mormon, we're Polynesian. Richmond is pretty much, or in the 90s and 2000s was pretty much just white and black. Mm -hmm. And there were like small, small pockets of other minorities, but I went to like a majority black elementary school. (laughs) And the first day I got there, they were like, they were like, are you mixed? And I didn't know what they meant. (laughs) And they were like, uh, where's your, where's your, where are your parents from? I was like, my dad's Samoan, but I didn't know what that meant. They're like, oh, he's Somalian. Yeah. You're mixed. (laughs) I was like, okay, I guess. And so for a long time, I thought that Samoa was like an island Off the coast of Africa. That's really cute. Which is embarrassing. I mean, I should have known. I mean, but uh, back to your question. Like being tall, it was a difference maker, but not maybe more so than than other things. Yeah, I mean, being tall is interesting because it's like people will point it out or talk about it, but it's not necessarily a marginalized identity. It's just like notable. Or I think that's why people feel more comfortable saying if they were describing me to other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the first thing that they would say. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, people probably wouldn't start with that with me. It's interesting because there's also all these societal traits that are ascribed to tall people. It's like you must be good at sports and you you like more like a model and like you're more confident or whatever. You were with me through my whole process of like coming to body positivity and stuff. I want to know about like how it's affected you because like for me, I always just felt like you were like supporting me in whatever I wanted through it. But sometimes it is hard for me when I'm like, Lindsay's tall and thin and beautiful. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I feel like con- self-conscious about like going, especially going out with you because I see how men especially will like respond to your physical presence. It's like, yeah, Lindsay's tall and thin and very pretty. And sometimes it's not that I'm like jealous as much as I'm just like, sometimes it it's, makes it hard for me to hold on to my self-love about the specific things about me. Like sometimes- when, What's funny <laughs> is that when we go out, I always feel like you're the more confident one. Like I have to decide when we go out that I'm going to have fun with myself. Yeah. Because I used to go out and be like, I really hope like someone flirts with me. Like you know, I, hope... I do think that I've noticed that. Really? Yeah. I have seen you like in all different- shapes and sizes Mm -hmm. and you are much more comfortable with yourself now than you have been in the past yeah and I think that's helped me feel more comfortable really yeah how so I mean I definitely used to be more immersed in diet culture than I am uh like I remember before one of my sister's weddings I think I probably said to you like I don't want to be the fatter sister Mm -hmm. like I didn't even think that that would be something that would be I don't remember that (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean I remember thinking and saying things like that to you now, after like having all of these conversations with you, where I'm like, oh, I wish I hadn't 
said that. Like, I wish I hadn't been thinking that, and I wish I had or thought to stop myself for my sake, but also for your sake, you know, not to stigmatize or make you feel worse in your body. I mean, that's nice, but you don't need to, like, regret anything. We were both, like, you know, we were watching Biggest Loser. I know. (laughs) Like, there's not... We we loved it so much. We were trashy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I know I have said, like, I feel fat today (laughs) at, like, age 19 or 20. Mm -hmm. And I specifically remember one time you were, like please don't say that. (laughs) And then I felt awful. And I was like, oh yeah, why would I say that? That's okay. That's terrible. I still think about like accidentally or ignorantly racist things I've said. That's true. We we've, we've all (laughs) all mistakes, (laughs) made mistakes, you know, we're growing and learning together. Mm -hmm. I think race is an easier like entry point for me as far as body positivity goes, but it's, Thomas is a subset of that. Mm-hmm. It's just body difference that people can point out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's been the reason why I've been able to come along with you on this journey in a way that's been helpful for me too. Mm-hmm. And like be open-minded to that in a way where I'm also learning to un <laughs> learning to unlearn sure. yeah. <laughs> negative attitudes, uh, but def- definitely been helpful. Yeah, we have some voice memos from people who are tall and fat. And, like, I think that's also a very different yeah, experience. Yeah, definitely a different experience, for sure. And I don't think that my being in a tall body is marginalized in the same way. My marginalization is from race, race and, class. and class Yeah, more, or body positivity is more liberating for you. Mm-hmm. There are areas where the world isn't built for me, but not in ways that are... A physical way? Some, I mean, like planes. Yeah. That's what I mean. But for the most part, like the ways in which the world is marginal, I'm going to keep saying marginalizing. It's fine. Is more marginalizing for you are worse, (laughs) you know? So Well, it doesn't need to be compared. I mean, definitely body positivity stuff, but also it's like I have a ton of privilege. I'm white and like come from a privileged family. I'm rich. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's true too. But, um, you know, I'm just thinking about like, conversations we've had about you know going shopping together yeah and like trying to be more mindful of like when there are not clothes in like an extended range of sizes mm-hmm. where you would be able to shop too mm-hmm. that's why i have so many shirts because i can just <laughs> buy shirts places because i have smaller boobs so sometimes hey. i can fit into like the largest size yeah, of I know whatever that in a store <laughs> But, like, I can never fit into bottoms at a straight-sized store. I can just sometimes get, like, a little crop top because it'll stop before. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the difference is, like, sometimes I can't fit into things, but it's, like, I can still wear them. I just look like like a taffy (laughs) machine. (laughs) I just look sort of stupid. The most obvious way that it's helped me to be on this journey. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget? Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. with you is that I used to think more about exercise as a way of like like having a goal weight mm-hmm. or like wanting to get down to a certain size. Mm-hmm. And now I'm I'm still not the best at like having an exercise routine, <laughs> but now I think about it more of like, I want my body not to deteriorate. Like yeah. I want to be stronger. I want to feel good. I want to feel good. Yeah. That's been helpful for me too. Like, and now I actually like working out. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't feel like punishing anymore. I still sometimes get jealous. I guess jealous is the right word when we're like, or I told you when we're walking down the street, sometimes <laughs> I feel like we look like Abbott and Costello or like the literal number 10, <laughs> just like we're <laughs> a pair of 10s. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Well, I, I just, <laughs> I just do. Sometimes I'm like, do I look like you're a little, like your little, you're like a, a tall, beautiful, like <laughs> lady. And I'm like, ma'am, <laughs> running along behind you <laughs> like forgot your tea ma'am <laughs> like that's <laughs> you know what I've never thought that except for when you were brushing my hair the other day <laughs> not, that, not that you were like my little nursemaid but it was funny just the height difference yeah, I couldn't <laughs> reach the top of your head <laughs> yeah no I don't know just sometimes it's like but it makes it easier because it would be very easy for me to be like I hate all tall thin people they don't know, you know, because a lot of tall yeah. thin people are, like I mean, capitalize on I it. I don't know a lot of things, but it's been helpful <laughs> for me to learn, like, you know, be quiet and like listen and observe. Well, I mean, I think part of it is that your your self identity was never based on being straight size or thin. Like I never felt, which is one of the reasons we like became friends because I felt comfortable around you because I didn't feel like you were like obsessed with it. You know what I think is helpful is, um, not that my, my mom is fat. I don't know actually if she would embrace that terminology. That's okay. But she's larger. She's larger, but she's never, she doesn't like diet. What I I never want is to make somebody else feel terrible in their body. No, no, no. You never do. And I am always happy when you're like, I think I look good or whatever. You know? I think that's nice. Yeah. It's just because there's never any tinge of it that's like, I look nice because I have these socially accepted traits. Right. I I don't ever want to any, you know, to feel better at somebody else's expense. No, you don't. Unless they've harmed me in some way. Right. Then you will crush them. (laughs) But, you know, I've done that with witchcraft several times. That's a story for another episode. Amazing. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, thank you and for being my friend. I love you. I love you. Um, and we'll keep learning and unlearning together. Yes, we will. Um, also, everyone should know that you're really good at the Sunday New York Times crossword puzzle. Thanks. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. All right, stick around. After the ads, we'll get into my interview with Ann Friedman. We've talked about our counselors on the pod before, and you know we're all about unpacking our feelings. That's why we want to talk about BetterHelp Online Counseling. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, anxiety, relationships, family conflicts, LGBTQ stuff, and more. All that good stuff. BetterHelp lets you connect with your counselor conveniently and safely in a confidential online environment. 
You could do it in your PJs, which is sometimes how I show up to therapy anyways. Sign up today to schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. SAF listeners can save 10% off their first month with code SAF. Get started today at betterhelp.com SAF. You'll fill out a little questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. You know where therapy stands, so go to betterhelp.com with code SAF for 10% off. Hey, family! if you're someone who wants to buy beautiful plus-size designer clothing, look no further than 11 Honoré. If you've never bought designer before, you can rely on 11 Honoré's sales and stylist team to help you find something that will look and feel amazing. I went to 11 Honoré headquarters recently to test out their options. I've never worn designer clothes before, and I've had plenty of experiences looking at beautiful items and knowing they'd never come in my size 24 shape. I tried on a bunch of things that fit really well and looked beautiful. It was honestly incredible to not just be looking for something, anything that I could stretch onto my body. I was looking for something that fit my body and fit it well. As co-founder and CEO Patrick Herning says about the 11 Honoré client, she's been dealt watered down versions of fashion for so long, we want to give her things she's not expecting. That held true for me. 11 Honoré is committed to the process of working with designers in a traditionally exclusive industry, high-end fashion, to expand their size ranges. They've only been in business a year and a half, and they've gone from launching with about 20 designers to now working with 90. 11 Honoré is an amazing option for plus-size customers who want to wear luxury clothes that fit and feel incredible, sold on a platform that advocates for them. She's All Fat listeners can get 20% off one order of regular price items from now through July. Visit 11honore.com and use code SAF20. That's 11honore.com, SAF20. Here we are, meat of it part two, the second patty in the burger. <laughs> um, let's get into talking with the amazing Anne Friedman. Hi, I'm Anne Friedman. I co-host a podcast called Call Your Girlfriend with my dear friend, Amina Tussaud. And I'm also a journalist and a writer. Amina and I are working on a book right now called Big Friendship. It's so cool. And I'm on most platforms at uh, Anne Friedman. Just my name all smushed together. Most of our listeners definitely know who you are because half of them found us through you because you're our podcast mom. <laughs> And you were like, gave us a big platform when we first started. And also, I'm just always like linking to your articles and shit. You're the best. Well, you were the best to us. <laughs> You're one of the people who I manifested in my life after like admiring you from afar <laughs> in college. Also, just being a nice person. <laughs> and that sometimes that helps. Being in the same city and being a nice person. I try. And, I try. And doing cool things. Like, yeah. you know. You are here today to talk for our Tall Girl, Fat Girl episode. So I want to get into this definitionally. So you identify as tall. I do. And it's hard to say whether I would have come to that conclusion independently, but it's something that strangers have been approaching me and saying to me. <laughs> For my entire post-pubescent life. Yeah. So. <laughs> Can you throw some numbers out there if you feel comfortable doing that? Sure. Um, I'm 6'2". Once, once an old man stopped me on the street in Greenpoint, Brooklyn and asked, 
how many meters do you have? Oh my God. And I, so I don't, I don't know exactly how tall that is in the metric system. I was like, what? Um, oh my God. And I was like, wow, this is a new one for me and a pantheon of height comments received through my entire life. Uh, yes. Okay. So I'm, I'm six feet, two inches tall. Uh, so I do identify as tall. Mm-hmm. I do not identify as fat. I wear like something in the like eight to 12. What do numbers even mean? Yeah, nothing. I, I actually know more about the literal numbers of my body, like yeah. how many inches my everything is, because I find that way more useful oh, than, for sure. than size numbers. But anyway, so yes. I, You're straight size. Exactly. I'm yeah. a tall, straight size woman. Yeah. A whole aspect of the tall girl experience, yeah. if you will. If you are, especially on um, like way outside the statistical norm, like I would say over 5'10 mm-hmm. or 5'11. Because I have I have friends who are in that range and they don't experience their height in the world in the same way. Yeah, That experience is defined by strangers coming up to you and expressing essentially their own insecurities or feelings Onto about you. their own bodies vis-a-vis yours. Mm-hmm. And that's something in common with the fat experience, mm. I would say. Just having feel, having the feeling that you have a body to be publicly commented on whether you want it to be or not. Absolutely. And being a very visible person, whether you want to be or not. Like yeah. that is a point of empathy and commonality I've yeah. always felt with my friends who are fat. Yeah. How do you feel like being tall, like outside of a range that would make people's eyes just kind of gloss over you? Um, how do you feel like that affects your sense of like personhood in the world or like your experience? I mean, I've been this tall since I was in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. So since I was 12. Yeah. Um, and I have to say that the experience of being a junior high student in a body that was more than six feet tall Dang. was challenging. Yeah. I was the tallest person in my junior high, taller than all the teachers. You know, it's funny because often people will say to you, oh, you know, girls grow faster. Everyone will catch up. And it's like, no, <laughs> people didn't really catch up. Um, so it was good training. It was good training for a lifetime of, um, yeah, being, being in a visible body. I am very extroverted and I like talking to all different kinds of people. And I, I don't know, I also have a personality that's like very leadership oriented and it's hard for me to separate would I still have that personality if I were not in a body that people were like literally looking up at. Yeah. Um, you know, how, how do you, how do you begin to pick these things apart? It's not like I had an adulthood where I was five, four right. and then I all of a sudden became six, two overnight, right. you know? Yeah. That's a, that's a difference because a lot of fat people have times when they were thinner and right. which for me was actually an important part of my feeling resentful towards society in general that led to body positivity where I was like, Oh, I see the bullshit. I see how differently I get treated within 15 mm. pounds, <laughs> you know, but you haven't had, like, it's not like you can shrink and grow. Well, and also it's something that I have felt again, in terms of um, my own allyship or thinking about how I hear and respond to the experiences of my fat friends. I mean, I think about all the times in my life when if I had been told by some external force that I could change this very visible fact about me, I would have done it in a heartbeat. Like Mm -hmm. if you told me as a teen, I could take a pill and shrink the size of my femur, or like if I could change what I ate and like suddenly be six inches shorter, you better believe I would have been doing it. And so I in some ways feel like very grateful about the fact that there's literally nothing I can do to change this body. Like in some ways I had to kind of go from zero to a more positive or at least more accepting view of my own body because it's literally my bones. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like that's a difference between tall and fat is that people don't 
probably don't approach you with the like mindset of like, let me give you advice on how to change this. It's just like a pointing out thing. I think that that is such a huge difference that I want that I want to say I really am aware of, yes, I am in a body that's visible in the same way that, you know, fat people, many fat people are very visible in the world. But people approach me, I mean, the tone is either kind of a gawking sideshow freak vibe. That's one. Um, One is like faux interest of like, how tall are you? I need to be more obvious and just be like, why are you asking a stranger how tall they are? Yeah, that's so weird. Um, But then the third category, which is really the hardest for me, is often other women, not always, often other women approaching me and sort of saying, oh, you're so tall. I always wanted to be tall. Uh It's so great. Or they'll say, I love your height. And I'm like, what's that mean? What does that mean? And I, I, I honestly think I always say to them, there's good and there's bad, as with anybody. Yeah. And I really believe that is true. There are amazing things about being in a body and of any size and shape. And there are horrible things about being in a body of any size and shape. Like there is a range. What do you think are the like privileges of being tall that they, they are, they think they're identifying? I mean, there is, it's interesting because obviously the like, I'm air quoting here, like model body type of being, um, not just straight size, but extremely thin. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say over maybe 5'10". Mm-hmm. And usually with a lot of other kind of like cis straight. Yes. White. White. Usually. Yeah. Attributes, right? We know the kind of, we know, we know what model body means, right? Yeah. Like strong, heavy air quotes around that. Yes. People are responding to that. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's really interesting that when you actually look at sizes of models, people who have made a career off of their bodies in this in this sense, they tend to be like 5'10 to 6 foot. Mm -hmm. It's very, very restrictive. It's not like you fit into this tall category and like that's model body. It's like, like as with many other aspects, it is extremely curtailed in terms of like who, who gets considered a model. I mean, so people are complimenting me because they see model body, but actually my body for reasons of both size and shape and <laughs> would not quali- qualify, air yeah. quote, not that I ever would have any interest in making a living off my body. It seems awful to be a model. Oh my God. <laughs> it seems hard. Let me monetize this brain. I know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like there's a gender aspect to it as well? I feel like tall men are more allowed to be tall. Do you know what I mean? Tall men are beloved and venerated for yeah. their height at every turn. And I think there are some people, like some of those completely insensitive strangers who approach me think that they are being complimentary and are genuinely feeling some kind of positive way about yeah. my body. But in terms of how you are perceived in the world as a woman who is 6'2", there is something gender transgressive about that. Mm-hmm. You know, so So I should say that I date men. I've always dated men. And it's interesting that... I've always found that men who are shorter than I am, who would have been open to dating me, tended to be a little more comfortable with other types of authority, me asserting other types of authority or um, other types of gender norm transgression. Uh So that's kind of nice. Men to this day who express insecurity about me being bigger than they are tend to be not so feminist in other ways either. (laughs) My current partner is about exactly my height. And he's, he's a little bit taller. And I mean, men's heights are always inflated by like two inches minimum. So we are essentially the same height, even though he says he's 6'4". And I'm also usually wearing like heels of mm-hmm. some kind of size. But 
uh, it's interesting because, you know, he's gone his whole life without people always telling him how tall he is. But when he's in public with me, people are like, oh, you're such a tall couple, (laughs) you know, or like it's, it's become now part of a thing that he's identified with, even though without me, it's not noteworthy and we're the exact same height. So that tells you, and that tells you everything you need to know about the gender aspect, right? Which is that it's not noteworthy when it's him on his own. It's noteworthy because it's me in the mix or when I'm on my own. I have a very distinct memory of being super young. And there was this woman who I actually don't know. I think she was probably shorter than 6'2", somewhere in the six foot range. And she was in the vestibule of my church when I was like a kid. (laughs) And she was hugging someone. uh, And she did this like, there's a thing that you do when you're a tall woman where because you don't want to clutch someone to your bosom, you kind of of crouch or hunch when you (laughs) hug them. Unless they're really close to you. Like, you know that you're a true friend to me if I just bring you on in without yeah, stooping Lindsay down. Yeah, Lindsay crushes me. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. But, you know, you can't do that to, like, I mean, your uncle or something. Right. Like, I mean, you could, but it would be weird. Yeah. So anyway, I remember the first time I saw a tall woman kind of do this awkward stoop hug thing. And I was just horrified. And oh my I, God. I think that, like, that is a very pre-adolescent or adolescent feeling of seeing an adult woman with a body that is similar to what what you think your body's going to look like when you're older and just feeling that like dread and kind of loathing like that society has made you feel about yes. the fact that you're probably going to inhabit that shape someday and i really i really I had to learn for myself that you don't look shorter if you hunch as a tall woman. Like, you should just yes. stand up. Well, that's actually, it's, like, funny because, like, you were asking me earlier how you, like, you know, broach body positivity with people if they haven't brought it up with you. And sometimes that's something that I, number one, I feel safer around women or, like, gender nonconforming or non-binary people than cis men in general. But also, if someone who's in that category of non-cis men has something that makes them out of the like, quote-unquote, acceptable norm, usually I feel more comfortable around them, especially if they're doing something that shows that they are not trying to hide that thing. Like, it makes me worried sometimes when I walk in a room if there's someone there who seems like they are, they hate their body because I'm worried that they'll, like, voice that on me somehow mm. but like if I walk in and there's like another like a woman who's very tall and then and she's standing up straight and I'm like okay cool like we both had to think about our bodies do you mm. know what I mean yeah of course yes the world has made you aware of the body that you live in and is is like taking stock of it and you are reacting to that awareness in a certain way yeah have you ever dated someone much shorter than you or shorter than you I have dated people who definitely dated people who are shorter than I am, but I I sort of think about people as being in like face range or like below face range. (laughs) Face range can be like, I still have to maybe stoop a little to kiss you, but you're like, you're in the range, you know? And, and I would say that like, for example, most of my friends who are women are not in face range. Mm -hmm. They're like at the shoulder and below range. Yeah. Most people I've dated have been face range. Lindsay has told me recently that like on her swipey, swipey apps Mm -hmm. (laughs) that a lot of men have in their profile, like their height. And then they write like, if it matters or like, since it seems to matter. Well, I hear, I hear women who date men say all the time that they don't date men under a certain height. Yes, I hear that all the time. That is something that I really get very angry about on behalf of who I see as my sort of like hetero compatriots, which are very short men. You know what I mean? I get very mad about, about that when I hear it. I hear it all the time from women who identify as generally body positive mm-hmm. that like, oh, I just don't, I'm just not attracted to men who are shorter than yes. five, eight or whatever their standard is. I get, 
Ugh, I get very angry. Yeah. Saying it like that on their profile, it to me feels like if a woman was like size six, if it matters. But I think that like that is, frankly, men responding to getting asked all the time how oh, tall sure. they are. You know for what I mean? Sure. It's like, you know, and it absolutely does. Like the, the fact that it's mentioned means it does matter to people. Yes. It's just that it's never mentioned or like it's not talked about the other way. You know what I mean? Like I don't feel like there's... If someone was like, I'm short and I love myself, I'd be like, that's amazing. But if someone's like, I'm thin since you care, I'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> Do you right. know what I mean? No, I know. One of the great things about being as tall as I am is I learn a lot from how people react to my body in real yeah. time. And I, I'm, I'm guessing that this is maybe something you relate to as well. Definitely. Yeah. I can always tell when someone has known me for a while but has known not to ask a direct question about my height and then it comes up organically and they have this like excitement that they get to ask their questions now (laughs) oh my god um what questions do people have well do you date people who are shorter than you is Mm. one that comes up all the time people are just dying to know the thing i wonder about it is like like i might have questions about dating someone much thinner than me because i would bet that that would come with public approval for them for date for dating to date someone like Mm. me that dynamic do you know what I mean I do yeah you were saying something interesting to me before the interview about like how it's also hard for you to find clothes (laughs) (laughs) it is I mean I think that by many measures I'm straight size like there are there are many things that I could theoretically buy Mm -hmm. in lots of straight size stores that are like fuck you to everyone else (laughs) but Certain things, like I'm thinking about a one-piece bathing suit, yeah, uh, a jumpsuit, any... Um, Do you have the thing Lindsay does where she puts on a jumpsuit, it's always like up in her crotch so far? Yeah, like the <laughs> like essentially like I am, like my clit is going numb if I'm putting on <laughs> a jumpsuit from, that isn't like essentially sized for men, like yeah. that isn't a traditional like workwear jumpsuit, or that isn't from like the one brand that caters to tall women yeah there's a few every once in a while you you know because jumpsuits are this clothing item where it's like yeah you're gonna want it Uh loosey-goosey um like there's a little more flexibility where like like the drop crotch on someone else can be like more fitted more fitted on yours truly here's a point of commonality between us you can't just fucking add fabric right like you know and and this is where i'm sort of like when some of my friends who are on the petite end of the spectrum say it's hard for them to shop I'm like you can always take it in you can always take it off it's I always feel like you wear great pants but now you're it's you're saying it's like hard for you to find pants that are long enough I'm obsessed with finding them they always look great (laughs) well sometimes like they are tailored men's pants Uh like I'm wearing today a pair of like 70s vintage men's pants that awesome. are thank you thank you for saying that about my pants i really <laughs> i really great. you always look great what are some things that people may not know who aren't tall are hard about being tall and then what are some things you love about being tall mm. um the best thing when men in particular are being shitty to someone who i care about mm. women in particular i just take two steps into their personal space and look down my nose at them <laughs> That's amazing. And make them feel as small as I possibly can. That's amazing. That feels really, really good. In Have you order... done that before? Yeah. Oh yes. my god. It feels very good to use their own fucked up ideas about gender against them. Yeah. Um, and I also I don't love that it's kind of feeding into certain Sure. But also it feels good to to just to just literally look down on them. I have done that before with I don't 
a part of being fat is that, I mean, even though I have no illusions about being strong, I'm not particularly muscly. I do go to Pilates now, but I'm not super strong, but I don't have the same fear exactly of a man being able to wrestle me around that Mm -hmm. I think a lot of tinier girls do. So like a lot of times when I'll hear my friends be like, I want to be like, I feel like I have to be more polite to men in public because I don't know if they'll like try to, you know, Mm -hmm. hurt me or something. I'm like, they can try to punch me, I'll punch them back. I always say I'm a big body to dispose of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll body slam them back. I, I am unwieldy. Like, if you were going to try to, like, commit yeah. a random murder, like, my body would be very hard. To buy an extra bag of lime to get rid of this. Exactly. Like, we are a lot of cleanup. Yeah, it'd be harder. It'd be very hard to murder us if you're looking. Anyway, um, but for real, though, that's a thing that I think is an advantage. Um, and then the last great thing about being this tall is I really do feel that it's an important empathy vector for me into what it's like to live with other kinds of bodies. Yeah. And it's like, I, I feel very, very grateful for that. That's awesome. Well, I like your tallness. I think it's something special about who you are. It's hard to imagine you any other way than how you are. It's the right way to be for you. Exactly. I mean, it really is like, and, and like I said earlier, it's sort of my personality has grown up within this body. Yeah. So it's how do you even separate? You can't from, at you can't. all. It fits you. Yeah. It's you. So yeah, I feel really good about being a tall woman. I actually just identify as a big woman in general, <laughs> like in terms of like everything that that word entails. Yeah. Um, something that Amina and I talk about a lot. We're just, we're big women in different senses. I, yeah, I'm just happy to be a big woman. I am also happy to be a big uh, woman. Big women, <laughs> big women forever. <laughs> New tagline, new t-shirt. Um, Anne Friedman, thank you so much for being here. Everyone go pay for the subscription to Anne's newsletter. It's really good. Oh, thank you for having me on She's All Fat, one of my favorite podcasts. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, big woman. Goodbye. <laughs> Now that I've talked to Lindsay and Anne, let's hear some voice memos from some Fat Malie members who are tall and fat. Take it away, Fat Malie. I am tall and fat, and I'm an introvert. And it's very difficult for me because on an almost daily basis, people make comments to me about my body. And those comments are typically, wow, you're huge, or you're a really big girl and it gets so wearing after a while. And even if people are asking me if I played basketball, it's just exhausting to constantly be fielding questions and comments about your appearance every single day. And to know that if you leave your home, it's likely that someone will make a comment about your body. The other thing that's very difficult for me is I'm a person who would really like to feel feminine and warm and inviting. However, just by existing in the body that I do, people use words like domineering and intimidating to describe me. And that's really hurtful because it's the exact opposite of what I'd like to be. And there is absolutely nothing that I can do to change that. Hey y'all, this is Tammy checking in with the tall fat calling. Thank you so much. Uh, Being tall and fat and black is what I like to call hypervisible invisibility. Quick specs on me, I'm 6'2 and a half, 6'3, 375 pounds. I'm a dress size of 24, 26. 
I'm too tall to be fat and too fat to be tall. We love tall women, y'all, as long as they're fucking thin and our society acknowledges a, pat, a fat person as long as they're average or short. Not saying that's right. This is how we see fat people. And the challenging intersection to be so visible all the t- fucking time. It is a challenging intersection. Having to deal with folks as a front to my personhood all the time. I have to deal with how they feel about it on a constant basis. I get to be three things, y'all. I get to be the happy fat auntie, which is a magical Negro, a.k.a. the scary black lady, or the stereotypical quote-unquote masculine to center lesbian, kind of like Queen Latifah's Cleo from Set It Off. I don't get the luxury of being seen as feminine instantly. I have to constantly have to prove it. The plus size brands don't accommodate your tallness and the tall brands don't accommodate your fucking fatness. Folks miss the entirety of not being able to fit in airline seats for both height and size reasons combined. Concert venues, buses, planes, trains, all that shit, and amusement park rides. Don't get me started on that. But even dating as a cishet woman is where men lose their shit if you're bigger and they have a need to compete with you and assign masculinity to you all the time. I will say that I'm grateful right now for my partner and I'm grateful for my fat and tallness now because it allowed me to find someone who saw me as human and kind of sift through the fuckboys. The world sees you something that's monster-like, y'all, like unhuman. Intersections add this masculinity or this unhumanness that I just really never asked for and I'm I'm tired all the time of it because it's a daily thing. The idea of having to over-prepare for humanity is exhausting and I just want to make sure that I really, really shared that. So thanks so much for the call-ins and I cannot wait to hear what the other fatties have to say. Have a good one, y'all. Peace. And that's our show. She's All Fat was created by me, Sophie Carter-Khan, and the iconic April K. Quio, who is on a break this season. You know what she said to me the other day, though, was... I don't know what's going on. All I know is I'm a, I'm a young millennial and, and I take pride in that. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions via email or voice recording to FYI at she's all fat Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show. If you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the pod next week. Our theme music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish, and our logo is by Britt Scott. This episode was co produced and edited by Maria Ortel. Our junior producer is Lynn Barbera. Our lovely, amazing new interns are Freya Salander and Yelly Cruz. I am our host and co-producer. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Bye. Sometimes they'll play this game, and I think the game is called He's Dead, because they'll be at recess, and then you'll just hear somebody go, He's dead! He's dead! And then the teachers will be like, knock it off. And that happens all the time. So the children are playing a game called He's Dead, if you're worried about Gen Zers. Um, Are they Gen Xers? 
Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus.